talk about all things sport. She's always great for a chat and got a great view on many things. And I saw the topic this week of coaches and the challenge that perhaps coaches who find themselves maybe out of a role. Uh, how do we look after them? Who's the responsibility? Where does it lie? And what are some of the challenges? Dr. Joe Liggins joins me this morning. Dr. Joe, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Grant. And thanks for joining us this morning. It, uh, it is a challenging time with what's been happening with many of our national level sports. And the potential is that none of our sports will look the same in the future. And that may well mean the culling of a lot of the assistant coaches and perhaps the support staff and structure that sit around there, many of whom are former players who've never known a life beyond the sport that they're in. Yes, that's right. I, I think we've certainly had the as a customer seeing great change in, in sport and so um, you know obviously that will be revealed as, as things start to open up and, and sports start to see what, what they're able to do. It, it, is, uh, it is difficult and, and uh, my discussion with you today was prompted by a, a story from uh, Russell Jackson on, on the ABC site and it was about Dean Laidley's uh, followed Dean Laidley's downfall and the, and the charges and, and the, the very disappointing media coverage around it but uh, it was talking about how that might reforce uh, force a rethink around the support structures for AFL coaches but I put it to you that more broadly it's about all coaches and, uh, and and all sports where does the responsibility lie is it a club thing is it a code is it a community where does the responsibility lie and, and how much is the individual responsible for their own destiny as it may unfold yeah, well, of course, we're, we're always going to be mindful about individual responsibility when it comes to our general well-being, and it's interesting to see where the discussions have shifted in sport because, of course, even player welfare wasn't something that used to be part of the radar, and, and thankfully that's changed significantly in recent times. And I think we're probably at the point now where we really need to start looking at um, education and welfare mechanisms that are in place right across our sports and right across our codes, so would that be with coaches, officials, referees, and so forth. So um, I guess it's challenging. You know, you often hear different arguments around it, that, you know, it's, it's not many workplaces that take the responsibility for the welfare of their staff beyond their employment with them. So it's not something that would be used to seeing. And, um, you know, whether that's a responsibility then at a, at a code level, probably in terms of education, um, I think it's something that we can start to look at. Yeah, I think it is. And I think when we consider the, the nature of, uh, of a lot of our high level coaches and, and the nature of, um, you know, the terminal nature, I suppose, of their, their performance, I don't know from, from my own experience, uh, you, you're either in and you're the flavour of the month as a coach at, at a national level or you're out. And uh, it can be a very quick demise and, and at times, completely unsighted and it's how you you manage those unsighted things and in the story uh last week it, it, it i knew there was a lot of coaches but uh mark brayshaw who's the uh, head of the afl coaches association said 180 coaches senior coaches with 18 clubs that's 10 per wow. team it, wow. it's an amazing number and i think we lose sight of that and uh many of those will not have a job um coming off the back end and, and I don't know how much time there is given to any of those coaches to work on their own skill development, their professional development and building a skill set that will allow them tenure and, and regular employment post um, post their career in the, uh, in the AFL. Yeah, well, I think that's a really good point, Grant, 
No, that's right. And because so much time and energy obviously is invested in, in what they're doing and building their careers, you know, coaches are very similar to players. You don't want to think about what happens when this all ends, and it can be a, a difficult thing to envisage. Some coaches do a very good job of sort of establishing themselves and, and looking at opportunities beyond their code. And, and I've certainly worked with plenty of coaches who've come from other professional backgrounds before they've come into their, their coaching experience. But you're right, that those numbers are quite staggering to hear about the numbers in the AFL. I know Graham Murray and I talked uh, a lot back in the days of Super League when both of us found ourselves without a team, he, he Laura and, and myself at the Cowboys. And we worked out of Sydney very closely together and we reflected on the, the fact, A, that we still had worked with Super League, but B, we were both qualified teachers and we had that to fall back on, which was in somewhat an aligned um, role or responsibility, but um, it didn't have the same adrenaline shot and it was going to be a mind shift for us to go back there. And, and both of us post then, uh, some other opportunities through Super League, both found ourselves back uh, back school teaching and on the uh, on the chalk, so to speak. Uh, it, it was a tough lesson um, to step from both the financial situation you're in as well as that meeting that adrenaline, that desire, that uh, that push that sits around it. And and I know I found that very challenging. Uh, have you got some some things that people should think about when they identify their own strengths? Is it something to to spend time to perhaps look at your own strengths and, and how your own brain ticks uh, if you're going to manage it when it doesn't have the job? Yeah, look, I think there's a range of things that you can do. And, and one of the things that we're seeing more of, particularly in the sports field, is the importance of gratitude within uh, the experiences of players, the experiences of, of teams and coaches. And, and we see that for two reasons. We've seen much of that at a community level because we know from the from the evidence base that when people travel through life with gratitude for what they have, like you say, it's, it's such an incredible journey when you when you are there in the high adrenaline side of it. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's going to end eventually. We all know that we just don't want it to happen. But if you can spend some time while you're in that experience being grateful for the experience um, and you can draw on that, then that, that goes a long way towards supporting our well-being and our happiness. The interesting thing that we're seeing in sport now is that Gratitude isn't just about a feel-good factor, which is, which should be important enough, but what gratitude also does is it's performance enhancer as well. So as athletes step up to the start line of whatever it is or, or wait for that first whistle to go, if at some level you can be grateful for the opportunity and the experiences that you do have, it's almost like a, an internal sigh and, and it relaxes you and so it, it actually puts you in a, a place where you're uh, more likely to enhance your performance as well. So I always think that's the starting point is that you're right, when, when it all ends, um, you know, there can very definitely be a grief response for people, um, for anyone whose who's career ends, particularly if it's, you know, not of your choosing. Um, and that's why I think for all of us, and this is all the listeners, we can all think about this, is that if we can practice gratitude every day and be grateful for the opportunities that we do have, it helps us then to have some perspective for when our circumstances change. Yeah, we're talking to Dr. Joe Lukens and we're talking about the challenges that I think are going to face many of our coaches. I, I reflected on the, the career of a coach who I actually was a huge fan of from another sport. And as coaches, you do have uh, fans and people you look to. And uh, Terry Wallace was somebody I got the opportunity to spend with, of course, coach of uh, Richmond, uh, uh, AFL Hall of Famer. Um, and I got to spend time down at Richmond with uh, with Terry on a couple of occasions, and we've spoken subsequently. Um, and uh, we spoke about the the chasm that that forms afterwards.
but also the how quickly you fall off a cliff and um and, and many of our players now and i think most codes have now got that end of year recognition of players on retirement we see them doing laps of honor on grand final days we have you know, recognitions for players but coaches inevitably you don't have a, a an end of career by age which often happens for many players and they get to choose that moment coaches it doesn't happen and and i know when i look at things and, and some of the conversations i've had with people who are involved with the cowboys at the time i left the cowboys and one of the feelings i had and it's something that terry wallace and i've talked about terry rebuilt richmond there was no sense of gratitude or appreciation from the club that you'd been with to look at it's not continuing with us but we're very grateful for what you've done and that recognition for what you've done and i think that that's a big gap for coaches there's there's no acknowledgement of whilst it's not continuing you've done some wonderful things for us and we appreciate it yeah that's right I, I always remember talking to, with a coach once who was almost a little dumbstruck in their office because they'd had a player in and the player had inquired after the coach and asked them how they were going. And the coach realised it was the first time they'd ever actually been asked that by a player where it was more than just a customary, you know, how are you going? Um, and, and so we do, you know, that's, that's, that's a typical thing that we see for people who are in charge of organisations and, and hold that responsibility. It's almost like everyone fits into the role of, well, they look after me and, and we often don't care for the carers. So, you know, it's important that we can acknowledge that where we can, but it's also important for each of us individually to find ways to look after ourselves um, and, and to take that responsibility as well. So, you know, knowing what the mechanisms are in place that help to keep you well um, is incredibly important for our coaches as, as well as our players and not only for your own well-being, but role modelling that is, is particularly important as well. Is there an element of shaping um, fan and, and community and support, um, understanding of player roles, coaches' roles, administrators' roles? I mean, we saw in the NRL, Todd Greenberg um, having a, a significant fall from grace, having been the leader of the game um, up until only uh, you know, a couple of months ago and mid-contract uh, finding themselves without employment. It, is it important that we still acknowledge and, and and allow our fans and supporters and sponsors to understand, you know, that there is a terminality about um, employment and tenure, and um, and perhaps at times go easy. It's easy for the media to rip in when they feel so justified. Mm, that's right. I mean, we do see those those keyboard cowards, don't we, all the time? Once there's a bit of blood in the water, they they all want to jump on board and say, yeah, I knew that person was no good. Yeah, yeah, and, and people do. They get very uh, parochial about their teams and so forth. And I think sometimes we can forget that they're human. It, it you know, obviously at the key of that. So we we, we forget that sometimes, unfortunately. No, most certainly. It's uh, it is an interesting topic, Joe, and uh, and one that I I think that you know associations, coaches' associations. I think it's beyond the club. I think it is about the leagues and the associations educating the individual to look after themselves, to perhaps recognise what's going to make things well for themselves when things aren't going as good, and when opportunity perhaps doesn't present. And I think it's also about, you know, recognising that there are a lot of supports out there. And uh, and I think that is very important, Joe. Yes, I agree. Joe, can I ask you before you go, how you've been managing to fill in um, your space? How have you, what have you been up to to keep yourself fit and ticking along and, and, and doing all the bits and pieces while we've been locked down and have you got any tips that might help some of our, our listeners? 
Yeah, I, I think for me, um, you know, in terms of my own health and well-being, it's about putting some physical activity there on the radar and obviously we've all had to be a little bit creative about how we do that. I think one of the challenges of the times that we've been in is it's disrupted many of our habits um, and one of the things with habits is we do them on, tend to do them on autopilot so um, having some time to reflect on, um, you know, we were talking about wellbeing for coaches before we can all think about our own wellbeing and, and what that looks like for us. So for me it's been about still regularly engaging in some physical activity, finding ways to connect with people because we know obviously how important uh, people are within our lives. And, and I guess on those days when you're having a wobbly day, giving yourself permission to do that, you know, and whatever your strategies are for managing that for me, it's about you know, connecting with other people and and um, paying attention to how I'm feeling and how I'm going. So it's, thank you for inquiring as to how I'm going. It's, it's, um, it's obviously been a time where there's been disappointments for everyone but then there's also been opportunities as well so I guess it's, this is a real reminder isn't it it's, it's less about sort of what happens to us and how we respond to it so hopefully we can all do that look after each other and and come come through this ready for the new opportunities in front of us have you found a favorite podcast or movie or song oh well there's been many I must I must say I have gone through a couple of things on Netflix and so forth so yeah just been doing some reading and listening to music those sorts of things um, I don't think anything particularly is coming to mind, but it's um, spending spending some time with the kids as well and, and doing some, some things with them. So that's been a really valued part of, of that time. And uh, and I guess further appreciating, I always appreciated them before, but further appreciating our teachers having had um, my, <laughs> my son's home for, for many weeks. So I, I always knew they did a great job and it, this was another further reminder of that. No, it certainly, uh, I think it has been an opportunity to do that. Dr. Joe Lukens, thank you so much for joining us this morning on uh, Northern Grandstand and uh, and uh, you have a great rest of your weekend and, uh, and week ahead. I will, and all the best to you, Grant, and all the listeners. Thank you.